0: chapter eleven of wilderness a journal of quiet adventure in alaska by rockwell kent this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven twilight the first of march if only the dull weather would clear up i could get more done these last days here fifteen brand-new canvases hang from my ridge-pole waiting for pictures to adorn them TODAY IS THE ONLY DAY THAT WORK OUT OF DOORS HAS BEEN QUITE OUT OF THE QUESTION. IT SNOWS HARD. LAST THURSDAY MORNING, ROCKWELL AND I BEGAN TO TAKE OUR MORNING BATHS IN THE BAY, THE SNOW HAVING BECOME TOO HARD. AND NOW, AT JUST 7.15, ON CLOUDY MORNINGS, CLOTHED IN SNEAKERS, WE SCAMPER DOWN THE SHORE AND PLUNGE INTO THE WAVES. BRRRR, IT'S COLD, BUT MIGHTY GOOD olson after predicting for some time a dire end to our morning performances has at last evinced enough curiosity to drag himself out of bed and come over to see but he has not yet been early enough to catch us the days are lengthening rapidly it is now after six o'clock in the evening and our lamps not lighted last time in seward olson bought a lot of odds and ends of moulding for picture frames and now with my help all the little things that we have given him are gorgeously framed on the little picture of himself that i painted he has what he calls a comoflag frame it's made of different mouldings on the four sides well olson is mighty proud of his pictures he's really very fond of us people in seward say he talks of us continually and there it is thought, quite remarkable, how I have managed with the crazy old man. I guess the craziness explains it. I picture with horror having as a constant companion here one of the fine, stalwart, shrewd, honest, wholesome-to-sterility Americans that our country likes to be so proud of. I told Olson of Kathleen's amusement over the brusque ending of his letter. Answer this if you feel like it, and if you don't, it's all the same to me. "'Well,' he said, "'that's the way it is here in Alaska. If anyone don't like the way a man does, he can go to hell.'" I've heard an amusing story about Olson and his goats at a little Seward exposition at which they were shown. They put his two goats into narrow packing-boxes that their dirt might not fall onto the floor of the building. Olson arrived, and seeing the plight of his pets, flew into a rage. He lifted them out, hurled the packing-boxes out of the door into the street and denounced the fair committee for their abuse of animals and although the whole place tumbled about the old man's ears he won and saw his goats given an honourable amount of freedom in a special enclosure curtained off admission to see the goats ten cents which notice olson promptly disregarded letting everyone in and a big crowd at that free Monday, March third, inauguration day passed here without event. In this ideal community of Fox Island, we're so little concerned with law, the only law that bears on us at all, we delight in breaking. That one wonders how far no government can be carried. One goes back to first principles in such speculation, endows man again with inalienable rights, or at least inalienable desires and then has simply to wonder how much of the love of order there is in the natural man the fact that a large proportion of mankind can live and die without any definite knowledge of the laws of the community and without ever running counter to the forces of law is sign enough that most of the law code is but a writing down of what the average man naturally wants to do or keep from doing there's a sharp difference between such common law and the exceptional law that strikes at the personal liberty of a man laws concerning morals temperance or that conscript unwilling men for war in all law there is tyranny in these laws tyranny shows its hand the man who wants true freedom must escape from the whole thing if only such souls could gravitate to a common center and build the new community with inherent law and order as its sole guide well we have returned to the problem a state that was truly interested in progress would dedicate a portion of its territory to such an experiment but no state is interested in anything but the gain of one class which means the oppression of the rest how farcical sound these days life liberty and the pursuit of happiness no government without the consent of the governed and other old-fashioned principles but they have still to be reckoned with till the last bolshevik has been converted into a prosperous tradesman and the last idealist is dead and now for fox island the weather is dull and grey only last evening an hour before sundown the clouds suddenly vanished out of the heavens and the sun shone as warm and beautiful as on the fairest summer day then i sat out of doors and painted while the snow and ice melted and dripped all about the mornings are cold doubly cold it seems when in the half-light of dawn and perhaps a driving snow squall we run naked down the long stretch of beach and plunge into the bay I work ceaselessly time flies like mad and the day of our departure is close tuesday march fourth a day of snow and rain spent by us indoors rockwell hard at work upon his chart of trobeble island a wonderful imaginary land where his own strange species of wild animals live and i washing and mending my seaman's bag damaged on its way here in the hold of the steamer is now quite professionally patched and the knee of my blue overalls shines with a square patch of white canvas olson was welcome and spent much of the day with us he has reread kathleen's letter to him and is charmed with it he feels authorized by it to keep me here longer and surely does his best to persuade me he treasures the picture little kathleen sent him all these things the letters and little trifles that we have given him will be stored away in his too empty box of treasures among a very few old letters and a photograph or two of pioneer ladies and gentlemen in the dress-up costumes of thirty years ago these scant treasures what a memorial of a very lonely life he showed me to-day a photograph of tom crane an old associate of his in Idaho, and two large splendid-looking women, Crane's wife and his wife's sister. The wife was frozen to death in the snow while on a short journey with her husband. He lost both feet. Olson led the rescue party, bringing in with great difficulty the dead woman, and then tending Crane through long, painful days until his crippled recovery. Thursday, March sixth. It's mighty hard work, this painting under pressure. I'm too tired to attempt more than the briefest record on this page of two days' doings. Yesterday it was grey. At sundown it cleared, giving us the most splendid and beautiful sunset, the sun sinking behind the purple snowy mountains, and throwing its rays upward into a seething red-hot mass of clouds. I painted most of the afternoon out-of-doors. Today we bathed at sunrise, brisk and cold and clear. The morning tide was so exceedingly low that I ran dry-shod clear around the north side of the cove until the whole upper bay was visible. Olson had not known it could be done. Returning we put Olson's boat into the water, and Rockwell and I embarked with my painting outfit. I landed on the point I had just visited afoot. Rockwell, in jumping ashore with the painter, timed it badly, slipped, and fell full length into the surf of the ground swell. the dory almost riding over him. I roared with laughter to his great fury. He rode about in the harbour for almost two hours, returning to bring me home. In the afternoon we repeated our excursion, all but the water sports, going this time to the south side of the cove rockwell's a good little oarsman and above all to be trusted to do as he's told to a vice in grown-ups a virtue in children friday march seventh that to-day began in snow and cloud matters not it ended in a glory olson rockwell and i sat that late afternoon far out on the bay basking in the warmth of a summer sun rocked gently on a blue summer sea for hours we had explored the island's western shore skirting its tumbled reefs riding through perilous straits right up to where the eddying water seethed at some jagged chasm's mouth that's fine adventuring flirting with danger safe enough but close so close to death we landed on the beach of sunny cove found in the dark thicket the mouldering ruins of an old feed-house of the foxes gruesome with the staring bones of devoured carcasses and then we younger ones dashed up the sheer snow-covered eastward ridge dashed on all fours digging our feet into the snow clinging with hands as to a ladder there at the top two or three hundred feet above the bay we overlooked the farthest seaward mountains of cape resurrection and then barwell island and the open sea Ah. To see again that far horizon, wander where you will over all the world, from every valley, seeing forever new hills calling you to climb them, from every mountain top, farther peaks enticing you. Always the distant land looks fairest, till you are made at last a restless wanderer, never reaching home. Never! Until you stand one day on the last peak on the border of the interminable sea stopped by the finality of that from our feet the cliff dropped in a v-shaped divide straight down to the green ocean and at its base the ground swell curled broke white and eddied the jagged mountains across shone white against black clouds what peaks huge and sharp like the teeth of the fenris wolf we hurried back to olson who waited in the boat that side the cove and the more familiar mountains to the westward lay half shrouded in fast dissolving mist the descent was real sport we just sat down and slid clear to the bottom going at toboggan pace poor olson who watched us from below was aghast on the shore i found a long thick bamboo pole doubtless carried directly here from the orient by the japanese current We longed to go across to Bear Glacier that we could now see a broad inclined plain, spotless white, with the tallest mountains rising steeply from its borders. But it was too late, and we returned home. The wonders of this country, of this one bay, in fact, it would take years to know. Monday, March 10th. On the 8th it snowed hard all day, and both of us worked at our trade indoors the ninth dawned fresh and clear and cold it was too windy to go out onto the bay as we had intended so not to be entirely cheated out of an excursion we packed a bag of various supplies and set off for the ridge to the eastward it was glorious in the woods new-fallen snow lay upon the tree branches the sun touched only the tallest tops the wind rustled them now and then and made it snow again below we came out upon the summit of the ridge more to the north than we had ever been before, and from there beheld again the open sea. Nothing can be more wonderful than to emerge from the dense forest on to such a view. Right on the ridge we built a fire beneath the arched roots of a large tree. Rockwell will long remember that wonderful chimney beneath the roots. I painted on one of the canvases I had brought while Rockwell played about or cut wood for the fire. Presently the can of beans that we'd laid in the ashes went pop, and we knew that dinner was ready. So we sat down and ate the good beans, bread and peanut butter, and chocolate, while our backs sizzled and our bellies froze. But we loved it, and Rockwell proposed that we spend three or four days there like that. Then, after more painting and some play in the snow, we came home again but the beautiful days must be busy ones for me i painted out on the lake for an hour or more after that again this time the glorious sunset after supper bread to bake and then tired out early to sleep in our great hard comfortable bed olson would have started to-day had the weather been moderate but it has blown fiercely from the north and still it blows all day i worked packing and now my boxes are made and nearly filled it is surely true that we are going all day it has seemed to me to be fall we had thought of that before during these recent days we scent it and feel it i believe that it's the end of a real summer in our lives that we taste the sadness of tuesday march eleventh it blows incessantly cold and clear blue days i have painted most of today. first indoors and then outdoors commencing a large picture olson has been with us much of the time he treasures every little memento we can give him in his pocket-book are snapshots of kathleen clara and barbara he wanted barbara's curl that i have but i couldn't give him that it looks as if we should all go to seward together this wind is likely to hold until the full moon passes and that still some days off my trunk is about packed and what remains can be done in a very few hours speaking to olson to-night about the possibility of a shipwrecked man being able to support life on this coast for any length of time he told of a native boy of unga crazy simeon WHO LIVED FOUR YEARS AT NIGGERHEAD, A WILD PART OF UNGA ISLAND, WITH NO SHELTER BUT A HOLE IN A sandbank, NO FIRE, NO WEAPONS OR CLOTHES OR TOOLS, A FIRST-HAND STORY, LONG, WILD, TERRIBLE, BEGINNING WITH A BOY'S THEFT OF SACRIFICIAL WINE AND ENDING IN MADNESS AND MURDER. THURSDAY, MARCH 13TH. LAST NIGHT WAS BITTERLY COLD i had to get up repeatedly to attend to the fire the wind howled and the vapor flew and rockwell and i hugged close together beneath the blankets day dawned still icy cold by noon it began to snow and the afternoon was calm and mild and now again the wind blows fiercely from the northeast and we're freezing cold the day was spent in packing the dismantled cabin looks forlorn Sunday, March sixteenth, With the full moon has come the most perfect calm. If it holds through to-morrow, we shall leave the island. The last three days have been busy ones. Bitterly cold weather has prevailed, with the wind unceasingly from the north, almost the coldest days of the winter. Still, I did some painting out of doors every day until yesterday, trying hard to pin upon the canvas a little more of the infinite splendors of this place. Meanwhile, our packing was carried on. We have made a thoroughly good job of it, I hope. But who can tell what strain a trip of so many thousand miles will put upon our crates and bundles? But for a promise we had made Olson to go with him to Sunny Bay and Humpback Creek, on the eastern mainland, we'd have gone this day to Seward. By noon the most perfect calm had settled upon the water. The sky was cloudless, and although really it was still very cold, the bright sun looked like warmth, and that helped a lot. So Olson's little engine, sputtering, stammering, stopping a great deal, carried us upon our trip. At Humpback Creek there are falls maybe thirty feet high, perfect falls tumbling sheer down from a plateau into a deep, round basin. The falls to-day were frozen and spread wide over the face of the cliff, but it was easy to imagine the grace of their summer form. We had to hurry from here or be stranded by the rapidly retreating tide. Next we went to a spot on the bay where Rockwell and I might have lived had we not met Olson that fair Sunday in August. A little cabin stood there, open to the weather, through doorway and window, but otherwise snug and comfortable still even with that great wonder the fall so near that spot was not to be compared with our own fox island home next we went to sunny bay to visit the old trapper who has been wintering there the same who stopped last fall at our island while on his way to camp the old fellow came to meet us as we landed a feeble emaciated figure he has been sick all winter and has done practically no trapping what a forlorn latter end for a man he drags himself about each day cuts wood lugs water cooks and when he stoops dizziness overcomes him he sets a small circle of traps and drags himself around to tend them his whole winter's work is twelve ermine and two mink thirty or forty dollars worth at the most we offered to bring the old man back with us and from here on to seward but he preferred to stay there a few days longer and now i sit here with our packed household goods about me empty walls and a dismantled home still we hardly realize that this beautiful adventure of ours has come to an end the enchantment of it has been complete it has possessed us to the very last how long such happiness could hold such quiet life continue to fill up the full measure of human desires only a long experience could teach the still deep cup of the wilderness is potent with wisdom only to have tasted it is to have moved a lifetime forward to a finer youth tuesday march eighteenth fox island is behind us last august olson picked us up as strangers and towed us to his island yesterday after nearly seven months there with him We climbed again into our dories and crossed the bay, and now we extend the helping hand to the old man, and tow him and his faltering engine back to Seward. The day dawned cold and windy. We proceeded, however, at once to the completion of our packing and the loading of the boat. A little after noon, the wind moderating slightly, we persuaded Olson to come with us. My engine working beautifully carried both boats along till the other little motor could be prevailed upon to start in the bay the wind was fresh and the chop high halfway across the wind had risen and the water flew olson's engine worked so poorly that most of the time i had the full strain of his story on the line i fear the old man's courage would give out as the sea increased and I grinned at him reassuringly from time to time. Finally, however, as the white-crested wave seemed to rush ever more fiercely upon us, his face grew solemn. He waved to us to turn and run back to the island, but the tow-line was fast in my boat, and I neither chose to turn nor loosen it. Showing our backs to him, we ran for the shelter of Kane's head, and made it, from there onward we skirted the cliffs and found it smooth enough the wind again died out and we entered seward over a glassy sea and now at last it is over fox island will soon become in our memories like a dream or vision a remote experience too wonderful for the full liberty we knew there and the deep peace to be remembered or believed in as a real experience in life It was for us life as it should be serene and wholesome love but no hate faith without disillusionment the absolute for the toiling hands of man and for his soaring spirit olson of the deep experience strong brave generous and gentle like a child and his island like paradise oh god and now the world again End of chapter eleven. End of Wilderness A Journal of Quiet Adventure in Alaska by Rockwell Kent.